Hey everyone, and welcome to season two of The New Way to Live. I'm your host, Lindsay Moore, and I'm happy to be here. And I'm also happy that you're here. Welcome back. I hope you all had a fabulous summer and beginning to fall. We had a super nice summer here. We went on a three-week camping trip around Wyoming and South Dakota and Nebraska. It was super fun and really relaxing. We actually bought a new camper this year. We used to have a pop-up camper. We've really gone through this progression of campers. So we we tent camped for a while, and then we bought a pop-up camper, and then this year we bought like a, a hard side camper. So if you're in the camper world, you know what I'm talking about. But it was awesome. It was awesome to like have a nice and warm space to camp. And um, yeah, we just had a relaxing time. It was really great to disconnect and enjoy some family time. And now we're back into the swing of things with the school year. Our daughter started kindergarten this year, which has been a new rhythm for all of us. It's a new rhythm for me um, and for her to go every day, all day, but she's loving it. She just happily trotted off on the first day of school and she's just enjoyed making all the new friends and and learning new things. So um, yeah, that's a new thing in our house. And um, we're also in the full swing of things with the football season. My husband coaches football, so it's a big deal around here and it keeps us fairly busy in the fall. Um, and actually year round. So there's that, that's a thing. And what else? So yeah, that's, that's really what we've been up to. You didn't ask, but you did receive. It was a super fun summer and I hope that you had a great summer too. And if you didn't just know that there's better days ahead and I believe that for you and I want you to as well, the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter every day. So after season one, of the new way to live. I wasn't exactly sure what it would look like to transition into season two. And I didn't actually intend to step back for a couple of months, but it was really good for me to spend some time in prayer about the podcast and to grow and to relax and just plan for the season. And I've been busy working on a few things for the podcast. So I have a new website. That's the first thing, a new website for the podcast. It is www.thenewwaytolive.com. And I want to give a big shout out to my sister, Jessie, who fielded my original question on a website and what that could look like. And she immediately said yes to building it because that's within her skill set and she's great at it. So you can check out the website um, for more information on the podcast and about me and up-to-date info on the episodes and new resources just to aid in your spiritual growth. That um, link will also be in the podcast description on in your app. So you can click on it from there. And the website will also link you out to my new social media accounts. I'm now on Facebook and Instagram, specifically for the podcast. Like I said, you can go to the website and click on the links for the social media, or you can just search for the pages by typing in the new way to live and it'll pop up there. You can catch me on Facebook and Instagram in between episodes and get sneak peeks, a word of encouragement, and updates on new episodes. Who knows? I might even go live. (laughs) I'm probably not going to go live. Maybe I will go live. I don't know. You're just going to have to follow me to find out if I do in fact go live. Never done it before, but I don't know. It could be on the horizon. Um, also I has spent some time in prayer about season two and I was given a theme for this season and it's called a life of growth. And so this season we're going to be talking about growth and my hope is that we will grow together over the course of the season, because there's always more room for growth, no matter what stage of life that you're in. And growth is super important in the life of the believer. And so I'm excited to dive into this and into this 
theme of a life of growth. So let's just do it. Let's just dive in. I want to start by looking at Romans 12, 1 through 2. So you can turn with me there, which would be great. Or you can use your Bible app on your phone. Or if you're multitasking, just listen intently and carefully as as we discuss this verse. So I'm going to read it to you first. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now that's the New Living Translation. Um, I love to look at all the different translations because they just give me a deeper understanding. You know, they all mean the same thing, um, but they give me a deeper understanding because sometimes they use different words, which is good for me. And I love these verses. I'm pretty sure I use them in like every speaking engagement and probably every podcast. You guys have heard me talk about it. They're pretty much like the point verses for this podcast. And they're so important because they address the transformation that should happen after you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So in the first verse, we are urged to let our bodies be a living sacrifice to God because of all that he's done for us, the kind of sacrifice that he would find acceptable. So what does this mean to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice? It means that we would offer our lives to him, our ways of doing things, our ways of thinking, our every action, our interactions with people too. And that means that we should offer up every part of our lives to him, that we should live in a way that glorifies God and that this is the true way to worship him. So true worship is living your life in a way that glorifies God. And that gives me a lot of things to think about, you know, like, if I'm cranky or short or, you know, there's a lot of things maybe that wouldn't glorify God. And so it really causes me to think about, ooh, does every part of my life glorify God? And if it doesn't, what should I be doing about that? Kind of feels like a tall order. But, you know, as humans, we're not perfect. And change can be hard in our own strength. And that's the key word. It can be hard in our own strength. But we're not called to do it alone. In fact, immediately after verse 1, we're given the how in verse 2. So verse 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So here we have it. The way to live a life of worship to God is to be changed, to be transformed. And first, we're told not to copy the behavior and customs of this world. And that means we just we shouldn't just do what the world does or think the way that the world does. Or, you know, whether it's cool or not, we shouldn't just take on that way of thinking. Because there really are two ways of thinking and doing. There's the worldly way and the biblical way. And we have to consider which way we are ascribing to. And how do you learn which ways are of the world and which are of God? This happens by letting God transform you into a new person, by changing the way you think. In other versions, this is called renewing the mind. 
So you'll become a new person when you start thinking like God does. The Bible is the words and thoughts of God, and it's written down for us. It was, you know, written sometimes to a people of a different time, but it's for us and it's applicable to us today. Um, And so when we read it and when we dive into it, we shouldn't just like read it and not take anything from it, but we should read it and be changed by it. And that means we should like study it and consider what the Bible says, consider if our own way of thinking and doing is in line with the word. And if not, we should just make changes. That kind of sounded a little bit complicated, but it's pretty simple. Our lives are transformed when we spend time in the word and respond in an appropriate way to those teachings. Again, there's a worldly perspective and there's a biblical perspective to everything. We have to let God teach us and transform us and mold us into a new person by hearing the truth of the word and accepting it as truth in our lives. This transformation also happens in the church. Um, That's why pastors exist. That's why podcasts like this exist, to help you grow and to be transformed. And if we receive Jesus, but don't take part in this process of transformation, our lives really won't change. They'll remain the same. Um, I want to give you just an example of what that could look like, because it explains like a quite a long period in my life. Um, I know I've shared this with you guys before, but you know, I was saved from a young age and I grew up in church, a really great church that preached the Bible, straight from the Bible and nothing else. Um, and so, yeah, from a young age, I was saved, but from my young teenage years to about when I was 30, I was really ascribing to both a biblical perspective and a worldly perspective. And wow, did the two contradict each other? They did. If you knew me during this time, you might, you might've known that I was a Christian, but you might've also been confused about the way that I was living. I didn't receive Jesus and then get into the word and participate in the transformation. I was a Christian, but my life didn't look different. And it should. It should look different. Listen, like your salvation isn't secure once you receive Jesus, but we are called to grow and we're called to be transformed and we're called to renew our minds. And you, me, we are the understood subject that is called to renew the minds, renew our minds. And we have to make that decision to go further, to be transformed, to renew our minds daily. It's a, it's a lifelong process of learning. And we don't just like arrive at maturity until Jesus comes for us. That's what the Bible says in Philippians 1, 6, it says, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So the good work is changing you from the inside out. The good work is maturing you. It's spiritual development and growth. It's transformation from who you were pre-Christ to who you are in Christ. And that work will continue until Jesus returns for us. Praise the Lord that we don't have to be perfect, that we get to grow and mature over our lifespan, and that it is God that does the work in us through his word and through his teachings and the Holy Spirit, and we get to participate in that. We get to make the decision to participate, and it's a wonderful design, and it works, and I can testify to that. It's good news. Okay, I want to jump to another verse that also addresses this learning process. It's probably a well-known, often quoted verse that I I just recently began to understand better. I feel like the Holy Spirit just dropped it in my mind, and I've just been thinking about it for days, just meditating on it. And 
the more that I think about it, the more I understand the verses and the, and the meaning of it. And it's expanded to me. Um, so I'm talking about Matthew 11 verse 28 through 30, 30, I believe 30, I believe. And I'm going to read it to you in two versions. So I'm first going to read the NLT. Um, it says, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy, heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So that's the NLT. In the message, it says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. (sighs) They're such good verses. These verses, they're in red letters, which means Jesus is speaking here. He's, He's the one telling us these things. And we see from earlier in chapter 11 that he's speaking to the crowd in the towns of Galilee, which was primarily a Jewish region. But what Jesus says to the crowd there in Galilee tells us so much about him and his desires for us. In verse 28, Jesus starts with an invitation to come to him. And he specifically invites all those who are weary and burdened. And when I looked into those words and and the different versions, I found that he's talking about those who are weary of working hard to be righteous, to uphold the law of religious traditions or of trying to do things in their own strength, maybe weary of sin in the world and the pattern of the world. He's talking to those who carry a heavy burden and are weighed down and oppressed. Maybe the things in their lives are too heavy for them to carry. And that really covers all people. We all have stuff that we're going through. We all have things that maybe we're weary of or that are heavy for us. So we are invited to come to Jesus and and he'll give us rest. If you haven't received him as your savior, you are invited to him to receive and to experience his supernatural rest. And if you're already a believer, you're also invited to come to him and partake of his rest. And how do we partake? Next, we are told to take his yoke upon us and let him teach us. You might not be familiar with the term yoke beyond egg yolk, which is different. (laughs) I'm going to tell you guys this. It's kind of funny. I used to read this verse and I didn't know. I didn't know the difference. And I was like, yoke, like talking about eggs. What are we talking about here? Um, And then I was in a study at church and, um, we got in this great conversation about a yoke and, you know, we have a lot of people that are like ranchers or, you know, they have a lot of animals and things. And when they told me, I was like, Oh, that's what that means. Another benefit of like being in a group to study in. Um, so anyway, I'm going to do my best to describe it, but basically a yoke is used to hold like the oxen together. It's a long bar that rests on top of the necks. So like you'd have two oxen standing side by side and then the yoke, the long bar goes over and there's like a little hump, you know, where their necks would go. So it's comfortable. And then there's two U-shaped bars that go 
around the neck from the bottom up, like in the shape of a U, and then they hook into that long bar. So like, so the oxen are, are held together wherever one goes, the other goes, and they work together to advance or to do whatever it is that they're doing. Um, so that is, I hope you understood it, but if you didn't understand it, just Google it really quick because then the rest will make sense. Um, but anyway, we're invited to choose to take his yoke upon us and to be led by him. It says, take my yoke upon you. And what st- stands out to that to me is that it's up to us to, to get into that yoke, to say like, yep, I want to take his yoke upon me. I want to go where he goes. I want to do what he does. So we're invited to choose to be led by him, to go where he goes and to do what he does and to think the way that he thinks. And then Jesus tells us something about his character next. He says that he is gentle and humble in heart. He isn't harsh, unloving, or rough. He's gentle. And you ex- you can expect to be led gently and humbly. When we're yoked to him, we find rest for our souls, which is our minds, our will, and our emotions, because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It won't be difficult to find rest for our souls when we're yoked to him because of who he is, because he's gentle, because he's humble, because he's loving, because of who he is. It's, it's easy to be yoked to him. He won't place anything ill-fitting or heavy on us. When we're yoked to him, we stay on the path that he wants us on. We're, we go where he wants us to go physically and spiritually and mentally and emotionally. We go where he wants us to go. We're not wandering off in a ter- that, territory that we, we shouldn't be. We aren't going places that we shouldn't be, whether that's physically or in our thought lives or in our actions. But it's a daily decision. Sometimes more than once daily, you know, to be yoked to him, to remind myself, like, no, I want to be yoked to Jesus. Like, I want to go where he goes, to only go where he's leading me. And we learn from his leading. Learning is an active word, and we're to do the learning from his leading. You know, it's kind of like, it's like parenting, for example. We want our kids to stay in line with what we've called them to do. We don't want to tell them, like, 50 times to do something. We want them to be responsive to that call and to do it right away. And if they veer off the path and we correct them, we want them to remember not to do it again. You know, like I'll tell Mackenzie something and I'll, you know, maybe she does it again. I'm like, honey, do you remember? Like, this is why, like, I don't want you to watch that show or I don't want you to do this or this is why I want you to be kind. I want her to remember it so that her future behavior is shaped by that teaching. We want them to learn from us. That's what parenting is. We are teaching them best how to navigate the world from the time that they're a baby until they're an adult. We want them to remember the things that they were taught as babies and as toddlers so that when they're teenagers and adults, they're not behaving like toddlers. They've matured enough to take care of themselves. And that's what it's like to learn spiritually, to develop spiritually and to grow spiritually. We're called to mature, to not stay a spiritual baby it's a process of growth and transformation. And for us, it's, you know, when we're in that yoke with Jesus, you know, when he says like, no, don't go down that path, that we would remember that. And in the future, we wouldn't go down that path. Or we would remember that when we went down that path, the outcome wasn't good, you know, that we need to stay yoked. It's a process of transformation and a lifetime of learning. And it's not heavy. It's not cumbersome. It's a lifelong experience of growth in Christ. And it's a joy. It's exciting. 
it leads you to greater and greater heights and deeper understanding and knowledge of who Christ is and therefore a deeper understanding of who you are in Christ and what belongs to you and what that means for your life. Another thing that really stood out to me was that you really can't be yoked to two things. It's not it's not designed to work that way. I mean, I guess you could be if you're yoked to Jesus on one side and the world on the other, but they're at odds with each other. They're always at odds with each other, pulling in different directions. And so you're going to be going nowhere fast in that situation. And that's the situation I was describing about myself, being yoked to two things, one foot in the world and one foot in the word, never growing, never progressing, stuck in the same cycle and like this tug of war between what is good and right and what the world wants you to believe is good and right. I also want to point out that you could be yoked to Jesus in many ways of thinking and doing, but compromising in another area. And that's where being transformed by the renewing of the mind comes in. You learn more and more truth and become transformed. You become a new person. You get out from that yoke of the world that's heavy and hard and ill-fitting and rough, and you become fully yoked to our Savior who invites us into rest for our souls. A life of rest and an unforced rhythm of grace. Doesn't that sound nice? An unforced rhythm of grace. Mm. That doesn't mean that you won't ever experience anything hard in this life. But when you're yoked to Jesus, he can lead you right out. You just stick with him. You go where he goes and he leads you out of those situations. He leads you into freedom and restoration and joy and peace. And there will be learning in those situations. There will be transformation. There will be growth. If you have that mindset that no matter what comes your way, you're not walking away from where Jesus is, that you'll learn and grow and in turn become more and more like Christ, that you'll begin to walk in the freedom Christ purchased for you. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. That's Galatians 5, 2, which says, it is for freedom Christ set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. It's a different kind of yoke. So let's not settle for anything less by being ignorant of the word, by being ignorant of what God has promised us. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. His people, believers, are destroyed by lack of knowledge, by lack of understanding about who Christ is, who they are in Christ, and what that means for their lives. We have what we need right at our fingertips to grow in knowledge and understanding. Revelation. And in the U.S., we have the privilege of being able to physically go to church and hear the word of God without being persecuted. We have access to the Bible. We have access to teachings online, to praise and worship music, and we can freely and openly worship the Almighty God. You don't get that in every place. There are parts of the world where you cannot do that. Um, And so I think we should be taking advantage of that because we have the privilege to do it. Obviously, I feel super passionate about it. So I I want to encourage you today to get that, get in a mindset of growth. If you're not already in it, let's change our minds. Choose the process of transformation by renewing your mind. You get to choose how you spend your time. We also demonstrate what's important to us by how we spend our time. And I'm guilty of this too. There have been times where I've been, where I'm so busy that I feel like I have no time for fellowship with Jesus, for study or for learning time and prayer, but really... I just wasn't placing importance on these things. Praise the Lord for his mercy and grace, though, because he just invites us right back into that fellowship to receive rest and refreshment, love, peace, joy, and restoration, all these good things. But if we just consistently place importance on 
being in fellowship with him, on being in the word, on growth spiritually, we don't have to get away. We can just stay consistent and stay with him across the whole lifespan. It's amazing. So I want to end with this probing question for you today. What are you yoked to? Are you yoked to the world? Are you yoked to Jesus? I want you to just be real with yourself and take action based on your answer. So let's pray. So bow your heads, close your eyes, unless you're driving, don't do that. Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful for your life-changing, transforming word. We thank you for your wonderful design for us in relationship with you. Lord, I pray for each listener today that they would take this word that has been sown and put their attention on it, that they would make the decision to be yoked to you if they haven't already. And if they have, that they would choose to go just further and deeper in spiritual growth with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you haven't left us alone, that you live in us, that you lead us every step of the way. And if there are listeners that haven't received Jesus as their Lord and Savior yet, you can repeat after me. I want to give you that opportunity. So if you want to receive Jesus as your Savior, just repeat after me. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I believe that Christ died for me and that he rose three days later. I believe in Jesus as the risen Savior of the whole world. Come into my heart, Jesus. I turn my life over to you. Be Lord of my life. I will follow you all the days of my life. Lord Jesus, transform my life. I want it to be a living sacrifice to you. Thank you for this wonderful gift of salvation. I receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to thank you for joining me today for episode one of season two. You can, uh, again, go follow me on social media and check out the new website, www.thenewwaytolive.com. And that's in the podcast app, like in the episode description too. You can just click on it and go to it from there. Um, From there, you can stay up to date on the newest episodes and resources. Um, You should also follow this podcast to make sure you don't miss an episode. And um, before we go, I just want you to remember, there's a new way to live. And let's walk in it. 